The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wopat, and a big yee to you all. I used to be Luke Duke. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think of the happiest thought and. We will take off. We will fly. We will go to Neverland because that is where we never land. Uh, okay, that was bad. I'm sorry. You got anything better? Eric's with us. Hi. Hi. I don't have anything better. Yeah. But I do have a figment of imagination with me today. Yes, for those of you who can't see us because this is audio, he's got a figment <laughs> sitting on his shoulder that I can see and you can't because I'm special. <laughs> I will save it for later. Sure, we'll save because we will, you know, we like to put videos up specifically for our Patreon support, which if you're not supporting us on Patreon, you can find a link right there on NeverlandPodcast.com to our Patreon support page or just go Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast. We appreciate any help you jive in there to get. That also keeps you from having to hear ads that should be placed like at the beginning of the show. Uh, and maybe I should go and start editing and putting an ad in the middle of the show because I hear a lot of advertisers like that. When you know how I'm learning this, that advertisers like it in the middle of the show? Because we have a new show. Neverland Rock Radio, which is only available on Spotify or Anchor. Because I learned that Anchor partnered with Spotify and will allow you to have a show that you can pull songs from Spotify. So it can actually, I can play music on, on the podcast. And I've basically, I've been turning it into my own kind of personal journal. So you're going to learn a little bit more about me and you get to hear some of my favorite songs. And uh, I play some Disney songs. I play some non-Disney songs. You know, I'm kind of doing whatever I want with it at this point. I did, though, uh, because I wanted to get the message out. I did go ahead and play the Dan Veets audio uh, on the, on one of those on, on Neverland Rock Radio. Uh, that one will also end up getting put on like Apple and stuff. Because normally you're not going to find this on Apple because of the music existing. But here's the thing I want to let you know. If you have a Spotify membership, you will get to hear the entirety of every song I play. If you don't, you only get like a 30-second clip of the songs that I'm playing. And the songs right now have a purpose for the personal journey, audio journal that I'm I'm putting out there. But yes, yeah, so go check it out if you have a Spotify account or an Anchor. That's the only places you're going to be able to listen to Neverland Rock Radio. And you basically just get me playing music, which is kind of how I make my living in the early morning hours uh, in a small little radio show on Cameron. So some classic rock, some Disney, some just whatever the heck I feel like playing. That I can find on Spotify because that's kind of the thing. It has to be a, has to be on Spotify to keep it all legal. But how much fun! They're basically doing stuff. I can do stuff there that I can't do here because copyright, you know. Right. So yeah, but that's how I found out because they're saying, "Hey, you know, because I can re- I can record a sponsor bit." So far, I've only recorded a thing for Anchor, and they recommend that, that if you can, you put a sponsored bit somewhere in the middle of the show because apparently sponsors like that. So I might start, you know, the what. With the sponsorship thing I have going here, I might start actually putting a, putting a cut inside the show. But so if you don't want to hear those ads, 
the best way to do it, I do have an uh, an ad free link that I put over there on on the um, the Patreon page, so you can hear it completely ad free. You'll get your own RSS feed, and you can also watch whenever I put videos of the show up. You're going to get it there, which so you can actually see, you know, and be disappointed at what I look like. <laughs> Believe me, it's not that much. Eric gets to see it. He's not that impressed. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, but yes, Lost Boy, Eric is back, and we haven't talked to you, and it's been since uh, the beginning of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, and all right, so one other quick preview. I'm going to take a drink. Another quick preview. I want to make sure you know what's coming on this show so you can be excited. That's not me. Oh, that's pretty exciting, too, because the beginning of the show, for all of you who are the diehard Disney audience, you're going to want to stick around through the beginning of the show because we've got a lot of fun Disney stuff to talk about. But for a, a big chunk of the show, I got to talk to a guy who he's he's kind of an early game designer. He's kind of fallen into being a game designer because there was a game he wanted to make. He thought it's the game we all wanted as kids and we never got. And he's making a Masters of the Universe fan game that looks like an old NES 8-bit game. And the demo is available. We were going to give you that website later. And that conversation is coming on later in the show. You're not going to want to miss it. And not to mention, I will warn you before we get into it, because uh, I, I fear you've been watching WandaVision, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And I have some thoughts on it, but I don't want to spoil anything because I've watched the third episode. Eric probably watched the third episode, right? Yep, yep, I have. And I don't know if you, dear listener, have heard that third episode, so I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm going to warn you before we talk about it, before we go into the interview, so you know to skip ahead and listen to the conversation I have with Sean Ayala, who is this really cool guy. You know, he's fun to talk to because we were, we were just geeking out over He-Man, okay? <laughs> so we're going to go beyond Disney uh, later on in the show. But that's what we got going on today. We got so much stuff, and I... I Trying to think if there's anything else I haven't mentioned. I don't know if we have time for much regular, like, the host chatter stuff that we do. Because, you know, I've I got a long interview thing, and this show could run two hours, but I try not to go two hours. But, uh, well, what have you been up to, though, for the last couple of weeks? And I got a funny story I want to tell you here in a little bit, but... Well, uh, we've made a couple of trips out to Florida. Uh, went to Disney World. Um, got to uh, spend some time at all four parks, which has been amazing since park hopping has been reinstated. Out at the Florida resorts, uh, you know, so we've been able to go. Unfortunately, our trips have only been limited to one day in the parks. So being able to park hop and uh, get a bit of those other parks for you know a little bit of the day has been uh, it's been amazing. My wife was able to ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for the first time, which she absolutely adores. And last weekend, we managed to snag a Rise of the Resistance reservation and were able to get in on a fairly early boarding group that nice. day. And that's so, your second time on that, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Have they now, fixed out a lot of those bugs? Uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, they have. Um, Yay! I didn't notice anything that should have been working that wasn't working or vice versa. Um, it was a great experience as it was the first time, and I cannot wait to have another chance to go back and ride that again. Um, as many of you may know, I had the opportunity to build a lightsaber back in mm-hmm. uh Oh, golly, I guess it was uh, September now. Uh, my brother has asked me to pick up a lightsaber for him the next time we go. So I'm going to be uh, doing the whole Doc Ondar's experience, which mostly involves waiting in a virtual line for about three hours. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll all have an opportunity to see what the process is to buy a lightsaber that way. Um, mm. I also tried a Ronto wrap 
for the first time this past Saturday. When it uh, like chicken? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> surprisingly not. Now the Andorran uh, trip yip or tip yip, I would imagine, tastes like chicken uh, from um, uh, the other restaurant that's there, whose name manages to escape me. But uh, no, I went to. Uh, you know, get a Ronto wrap, and it was uh, fairly interesting. It's a uh, uh, a pork-based sausage in mm. a in non bread uh, with a piece of actually, you know what? I think there was some uh, chicken in there, a flat piece of chicken breast, uh, along with some spicy coleslaw. Mm. Um, very interesting and different. I really enjoyed it. Um, coleslaw, I'm not really much of a fan of, but uh, it had a uh, Asiago pepper jack type uh, seasoning Ooh. to it. Woo. Just definitely gave it a, a, a bit of spice, and I yeah. enjoyed that while my family went and had lunch at Pizza Rizzo. However, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, you know that's that's the majority of it. Um, yeah. Other than that, we've just been hanging out. I've been uh, staying healthy and uh, just making some good uh, life choices as my as far as my health goes. Yep, that's good. Yes, because we won't share why, but you've been you've been needing to make some changes. And I, I, I fully I understand. Have. I have. And, I can uh, totally understand those changes. <laughs> and and it's changes that I know I've needed to make. Now the time is here. I'm ready and fully able to go and dive right into them. Yeah. Well, that's just a part of getting older is all that you know you're supposed to eat healthy, but you, sometimes we just don't do it until we get older and the doctor says, hey, you better start eating better because it's starting to affect you. So. <laughs> Well, okay. at times, it, at times, it's kind of like the relationship between Cliff and Claire Huxtable. You know, my <laughs> wife is uh, pointing out the things that you know I probably should not be enjoying as much as I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of enjoying things that I probably shouldn't have been enjoying, I actually got a funny story. I got to tell you. Uh, so this this only would have happened because of the whole COVID thing. So. Uh, yeah, so Friday, we decided, you know, we just don't feel like making anything. Let's just order a pizza. Uh, so I went ahead and, you know, placed the order for a pizza. I had that and some cheese sticks and uh, a one two liter. Well, we wait for it to arrive, and what arrives is the two liter, and then there there was like a Cinnabon thing, and then three boxes. And uh, I didn't realize it until I got it into the kitchen. I looked at it, and I said, this is not our order. The only thing that, that I have that I recognize is this two liter of Diet Pepsi. And so I go back out to the front door thinking, well, maybe the driver's still here because he gave us the wrong thing. So, oh, my goodness, the receipt isn't even ours. So then this other driver comes pulling up and stops in front of my yard and says, like, oh, my gosh, did you get the wrong order? And I said, yes, I did. And he came up with the correct order with another Diet Pepsi 2 liter, which because of COVID, and I was like, oh, well, I have the other order right here in my kitchen. He says, no, 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 don't worry about that. Just keep everything. And I, I didn't realize why, but yeah, it's because of COVID. I can't give it back to them. So they had to remake this other person's order, and it was a pretty large order. But now this means we have a lot of extra pizza. <laughs> that it's, it's a, it was a blessing in disguise because like, hey, we have something to eat all weekend until I'm sick and tired of eating pizza. <laughs> but the problem is I don't need to eat that much pizza. I'm supposed to not be eating that much like white bread stuff because it's a fast carb. So, But now that's that's pretty much what we have to eat. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's like, well, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have all this extra food. So you now we need to have some people over to come and eat it. Plus, I wouldn't have people over for this, the Haunted Mansion game, the Call of the Spirits. Oh, yes. I still haven't gotten a chance to play it, but I read the rules on how it plays, and it sounds really confusing and complicated, but it'll probably be a lot easier once I get going. Uh, 
as soon as I get a chance to play it, I'm either going to get some video or some audio of, of, of me playing with some people. That way we can discuss it or whatever. And that'll be a fun feature on the show. So, but it's really confusing, but I think it'll make sense once I, you know, get down into it. Uh, it sounds really, really difficult because the hitchhiking ghosts are going to be very vicious in haunting you. And when they haunt you, they're going to cost you points because it's a it's very much a point based system. Gotcha, yeah. you're, you're, you're trying to meet all the happy haunts, but the hitchhiking ghosts will take away your points. Gotcha. So, they don't just follow you home. Yeah, they wreck your game. <laughs> and whoever gets the most haunt points, because uh, there's different types of ghosts. If you have the most haunt points at the end of the game. Whatever your most common ghost type is, you have to turn and discard all those. So you lose a ton of points. Oh, goodness. Like, it wasn't bad enough you're losing points because of the haunt. I mean. <laughs> well, I, I got a new uh, Disney game, Disney board game for uh, Christmas. Nice. What is it? It's called Disney Codenames. And I think I've seen this. Yes. And what it is, is you're given a, a pattern to arrange a number of Disney items they could be characters they could be locations they could just be movies and uh you have two teams a red team and a blue team and there's a code set in which uh you know the red team has a certain number of characters that apply to their team as it does for the blue team and uh, each team has a code giver who knows what the code is knows what that pattern is and has to try and use one word to describe as many of the characters, locations, or items that belong to their team. So if I've got a picture of, uh, say, Snow White and Dopey as part of my code, I might say um, dwarves, too. Now, that certainly refers to Dopey as a dwarf, but it also refers to Snow White as she's in the movie, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Hmm. So it's it, it, it makes you think a little bit as you're working it and trying to figure out, okay, what code word can I use? And is my team going to understand that code word? And is this going to apply to a character who might not be one of my team's codes, but that the other team might be able to use for their own? Mm. So I might use the word dwarves, but you know, let's say I've got Etri from uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. He's a dwarf, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. You, you got to think about your answers and what it's going to be. Because it could cost you or it could gain for you, apparently, then. Exactly. Mm. You know, I just had a thought. Uh, I bet we could try to play some of these board games over camera and, and record some stuff. Well, the, the only tricky part, the Haunted Mansion, when you, uh, like, I think your haunt cards would be face up. But, like, you can keep your ghost cards, I think, face down so you can keep those hidden. So the hard part is be when you collect your cards, you know, it, you'd have to tell me, well, I want to see my cards. But I think I probably could play and have you in on this. I'll bring put the laptop on the table and you'd be able to play along. And so we could record video. I think I could make this work. Potentially. Because basically you get, like, three things you get to do each turn. And you can either you don't have to roll a dice or anything. You just you know look at the board and tell me okay, well I want to move over here or I want to move over there because you can go one space in the end of this hallway or back into the seance room. And then of course you can draw a card, which I can pack the card and there it is. And the card will basically will might say, well before you start each turn, you draw a card for the hitchhiking ghost to tell where they're moving. Right. Uh, but then you can also 
when you go it go to a room from the endless hall, you collect whatever ghost you want to meet that's in that room. So you kind of make your decisions, and then you can also choose to rotate the endless hall to put yourself or others in other rooms. Hmm. So you can you can tell me, oh, I want to rotate this that direction so I can move the stuff. So I can move the board around for you because you can tell me what you want. So well, I think you can play with this. I was going to say there is potentially a chance that I might procure said board game within the next couple of weeks. Awesome. I'm looking at that and the Adventureland game. Or actually, it's a Jungle Cruise game. Nice! I didn't know there was a Jungle Cruise game coming. Yep. It's another Funko? So we'll see. Uh, it may be. But I know mm-hmm. that both are being sold right now at the Disney parks. Oh, nice! Okay. Yeah, I so say Jungle Cruise, I haven't found at Walmart. But this one I did find at Walmart. So anyone who who's a Haunted Mansion fan... Go and find this at the Haunted Mansion. Call the Spirits. I do have a video I put up before Christmas of recommending it as a Christmas gift where I took it apart and showed all the, the fun cards and how cool it is. And But yeah, still haven't played it. But yeah, I think when I play it, and especially if you have a board of your own, you'll be able to see what's going on as long as we coordinate. So right. we know what's going on. The only thing that's, that's difficult is you have to only use one set of cards because the cards determine how long the game lasts because you, you'll hit right. a final card. based And they base upon how many people they're playing. Uh, so you could, then you, you, you have to separate the final card things and then based upon how many people you are playing, you put that many cards with that one because you're going to play until you run out of cards. Right, right, so right. So we don't, we have to make sure we're using one deck, but at least you could keep an eye on a board in front of you if you, if you mm-hmm. do get a set. So we can make this work. So, yes. Yeah, so, so this, this is an upcoming thing. I don't know when it's going to happen, but we're going to have to make this happen when we have some time and <laughs> Creaking doors and creaking doors. Oh course. yes. Okay. Speaking of which, creaking doors. Yes. Uh, and we weighted blankets. <laughs> <laughs> but we better get on to some Disney news here real quick. So let me hit that sounder real quick. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. So, okay, this is pretty cool. And I gotta say, I'm excited about it just because it's Spider-Man. But we got a a little look at the Spider-Man adventure that's coming to the Avengers campus over in Disneyland. And Eric is thwipping away. You've got a chance to play the Miles Morales game, even. Yes, yes. I, I still wait. think I'm going to wait for the PS5 before I get it. I think. I think I am. But uh, Tom Holland apparently is popping up. There is some video up on their YouTube. He, uh, Peter Parker has apparently started something called Web, which uh, says on the Disney Parks blog, in the Web workshop, young engineers specialize in developing innovative technologies to equip and empower a new generation of superheroes. This workshop showcases the adventures of Peter Parker and the rest of the web tech team, including their adorable spider bots, which I want one, uh, which are designed to be robotic sidekicks capable of building anything a superhero might need. And then, of course, because everything's got to go wrong, it's a Disney ride. So when it goes all right, the spider bots are stuck in a replication loop, creating even more spider bots. And so you get to don some 3D glasses. You go on a test drive in like the one of the latest adventures called a web slinger vehicle, and you get actually actually get to use web slinging superpowers that you have because of tech. So they have an excuse for you to be able to do stuff. It's you're using technology. Exactly. So I'm I'm excited. I really want to get a chance <laughs> to ride this thing, but I gotta wait for Disneyland to open and then me to have enough money to get myself there. But well, this looks really cool. 
Yes, yes, it certainly does. And I'm glad that they're tying it into the spider bots that yes. you can actually build and have for yourself. And, you know, the great thing about the spider bots is that they, you can compete them against each other when you have them, when you have two or more. So, uh, again, it's just some interesting way to incorporate all of these different uh, areas of their new Marvel area into this one ride. Mm-hmm. So very <laughs> exciting. You know, and, and I personally, I do hope that the 3D glasses that they use uh, have an Edith program in them. <laughs> you know, they should make some sort of like glasses that you can wear on the ride, but that you can keep kind of like, uh, like in the Harry Potter parks, they have a wand that actually can interact with stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if you could buy glasses and you can interact with things in the Avengers area with the gla- like Edith glasses. Yeah. With a heads up display. It'd be really neat. That'd be cool. Hey, Disney, if you're not doing that, please do. <laughs> That would be pretty awesome because, you know, they used to have those interactive games anyway, you know, at at least in in the Magic Kingdom and whatnot. Make an interactive game that you can use your Edith glasses when you wear them into the park. You know, which which is something I don't know if we've mentioned this already, but Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, that interactive game is ending at the end of this month, sadly. I never got a chance to play it. Yeah, I had one chance to play it. And quite honestly, my kids lost interest at the first window that they went to. But well, the cars are neat. Well, yeah, I'm sure. So uh, have you ever been to Hawaii? I have not. I would love to go ho- to Hawaii. You ever met a sea turtle? Uh, well, there's Crush. I-, I talked to Crush. Did he have a crush on you? <laughs> no, no. Okay. But, you know, we, we had a good turtle talk with him. Well, how would you like to meet one that you can't pronounce the name? It's Olumel. I think I'm saying that, but out at Olani, they have, and he's supposed to be a friend of Duffy, the uh, the bear, which I think still happens. I don't know if that's still in the United States. I think in Japan he's popular. Oh, oh, Duffy is definitely popular in Japan, and every once in a while I'll see him pop up at the Disney parks here in the states. Okay, well he's got a friend, a little sea turtle playing a ukulele, running around at Olani. Mel is short for Melody, according to the Disney Parks blog, and so Olu Mel got his nickname from Duffy and Shelly Mae after they heard his beautiful singing. I, so, uh, do, you, do you think he loves them? <laughs> he probably does. A long, long uh, time ago. And you can see <laughs> You can see Olu Mel as well, the other favorite Disney characters, including Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, and Stitch, on your next trip to Alani Resort. I would go to Alani Resort if I could afford it because I'd love to visit Hawaii. I mean, it looks absolutely beautiful. And going to a Disney resort in, in Hawaii, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. No brainer. No brainer for me, at least. Well, you know, I might need help planning that. Got any ideas? Well, you know, I, I help people out all the time when it comes to planning for Disney trips. But uh, for Hawaii, you got me. I'm stumped. I wouldn't <laughs> even know where to start from square one. But, you know, there's a lot of good people out there who you know, have been to the parks enough, who have got that background knowledge that uh, Disney is, you know, stepping on, or not stepping on them, but helping them step (laughs) up and share that knowledge. (laughs) There are people being stepped on, but... (laughs) I actually, uh, Philip shared a video with me, uh, it's kind of a joke thing of uh, Disney Plus's plan to to, uh, crush Netflix. And the funny thing (laughs) is that then after I watched the video that was done as a satire uh, it was. I actually did see where Netflix over the last year has lost money compared to Disney Plus, which is still gaining ground, despite Netflix having Cobra Kai on there. I mean, Disney Plus is just knocking it out of the park right now. <laughs> so, yeah, they are crushing and stepping on things, but it's not. It's not you. It's Netflix. 
Crush your enemies, see them driven before you. And... Okay, never mind. For anyone who has seen those videos where they make, they songify Conan. Yeah. <laughs> but so what would you do if you wanted to go and find some help planning on Disney? Well, you know, going online is usually my first step. But well, where do you find someone to give you that information if you don't know them already at work? Well, if you put hashtag plan Disney into a post, that helps. But there even more about that. Uh, Disney has actually on Instagram at plan Disney panel on Twitter at plan Disney. You can ask questions uh, and they're saying on the Disney Parks blog, they say plan Disney is the go to resource for all your Disney vacation planning needs. Whether you have one specific question or you don't know where to begin, the plan Disney panelists can help. And this is moms, dads, grandparents, adults without kids, doctors, lawyers. I mean, a bunch of people who just know everything, and they can help you with that information to help you plan your trip. It's convenience. What I think they need is an app, though, to kind of get you. But I guess you got a Twitter app. You might as well just, you know. As long as you haven't gotten banned from Twitter, you can get in there and talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Parlay. Parlor, yeah. Well, if Parlor is supposed to be trying to come back, but I don't know if that's going to work for you. That's a whole other story, and we don't want to talk about it here. <laughs> Yes, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, Big Brother is watching you. Um, and watch what you say. But do you think Big Brother likes polka dots? Oh, I bet Big Brother loves polka dots because Big Brother is a everybody's a Minnie Mouse fan. Let's face yes. it. Yes. Everybody loves everybody loves Minnie, but not as much as Mickey loves Minnie because True. you know, you don't want to make that mouse jealous. I'm telling you. Mickey can, you know, I've seen I've seen YouTube videos of of how evil Mickey is supposed to be, you know. <laughs> Okay, this is a whole other thing there too. But so Positively Mini, the Polka Dot Summit 2.0 Digital Edition is happening February 13th. And it's easy to remember that because it's the day before Valentine's Day. And that's the day where you better be thinking about buying something nice for your wife or significant other of some sort, which I have no idea what to do this year. I really don't have a clue. <laughs> but you know, if your wife is like mine and loves Mini, this is going to be a great event. There you go. And it's National Polka Dot Day, apparently. Exactly. Now it's going to be free to the public. Mm -hmm. Fans are able to partake in many inspired workshops and styling sessions, listen to a keynote conversation with participating talent, shop the ladies' latest mini merch, and much more according to this. Uh, what's going to happen is this is going to be a virtual summit on the 13th. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've even started registration. Uh, if You can find links on the Disney Parks blog. Uh, so from January 2nd and closing on February 12th, registrations are non-transferable, limited to one per attendee. But uh, it's free, but you do have to register, and it's the Create and Cultivate website at createcultivate.com slash polka-dot-summit. Uh, I'll better keep this page open. I'll try to make sure I put a link here in the show notes so you can go and hop on it. So, by the way, if you don't know how to find the show notes, whatever app you are using, uh, there should be somewhere that you can touch that will bring in whatever... I've posted up onto the website. You can find show notes. I've had somebody point out that we should probably be letting people know because a lot of people don't realize that even iTunes or whatever you're using, you can access those show notes and you can find whatever links we're putting out there. When we talk about links, it's right there. And of course, you can always go to NeverlandPodcast.com, find that specific, specific page for that podcast episode, and you will find those show notes there. And every link is there to go to whatever we talk about because you're going to want to go and check out the uh, Play Motu later, by the way. We're going to talk about that one. Just, just saying. Plus, I will, I'll make sure I'll grab this link here and I'll put it in the show notes. So I'm going to keep that page up so I don't forget. I'm sorry. I just started thinking about sausage links. Oh, boy. 
Well, you did just kind of eat some on a... No, you were eating a Ronto. It was a Ronto. So, so the earth-shaking news that happened a couple of weeks ago... Oh, yes. ...that I want to mention, but I, 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 I worried that this was happening at Walt Disney World as well, but I guess it's just Disneyland. And there was a statement from Ken... Hot Rock, he made on Twitter, and here's this quote. We want to thank our annual pass holders for their understanding during this closure period. Due to the continued uncertainty of the pandemic and limitations around the reopening of our California theme parks, we will be issuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disneyland Resort annual passports and sunsetting the current program. And there's the key word. We are currently developing a new membership offerings that will utilize consumer insights to deliver choice, flexibility, and value for our biggest fans. Now, part of this, I really do understand you know, when when people buy an annual passport and they can't use it, then you're going to like say, OK, we're going to cancel your passports. But we're going to refund you because we understand you haven't been able to use it. We're sorry. We can't help it that we can't open. But when they start saying we're sunsetting the current program and are currently developing new membership offerings, that's when everybody says, whoa. Yeah. What? So, yeah, a little bit of a panic. Uh, but. I did find a thing uh, that they, they do already have some ideas of what they want to do. And a lot of the locals around Disneyland have said like, oh, well, we've been they, they were just waiting for an excuse to do this anyway, uh, because I, I know Disneyland has had, I guess, issues with having too many locals and a lot of locals just kind of hanging out. That That kind of makes sense to me. If I was local, I wouldn't mind just being there, just taking yeah. in, yeah. just go watch a show or two, just kind of on the way home, just taking in the ambiance of Disney just to relax after work. I totally understand that. I don't think I'd want to take that away from people myself. Uh, but I guess if it gets to where there's too many, yeah, I, I guess I understand the, the thought of it, but I also understand the point of view of people who would want to do that. I would, mm -hmm. I, if I could, I would. Yeah. Uh, and, and I completely get that as well. The trouble is when you've got a couple who insists on being the last guests of the night to ride <laughs> Peter Pan, or you've yeah. got someone who is setting a record of how many times they can ride a particular ride and bring a great big sign every time they reach a milestone. You know, I see that and I see, well, there's 5,000 people who may not have been able to ride the ride. Yeah. So with and, and with Disneyland having, you know, estimates are close to uh, there. There's a million annual pass holders for Cal for for Disneyland. Um, the last several years that. My family were pass holders. Um, Disneyland, it was crowded. Um, we could only get on a few rides, even with the uh, Fast Pass. Um, we weren't having as good of a time as we had hoped. Mm. And a lot of that is simply attributed to the number of people who are in the parks. And a considerable number were annual pass holders. Now, Disney has been trying to make some changes over the last few years. You know, they've removed lower tier passes. They've brought them back. They uh, removed parking as one of the benefits uh, for annual pass holders for most mm. categories. Um, but with COVID coming around, I, I guarantee that if the annual pass holder program was in place when the park opened, there would be 150,000 people waiting to get into the park day yeah. one. Um, mm -hmm. There's just no way that Disney can prepare or plan for the logistics of that uh, when when it comes back. Um, what they've been doing out in Walt Disney World, again, where the annual pass program is still being maintained to an extent, uh, no new annual passes are being sold for Disney mm. World. Um, mm. Right now, the only exceptions to that are people who are renewing their pass, 
if you have a family member who at the time you bought your annual pass is now of age to own a pass, you know, they turned three years old, you can buy them an annual pass. Um, but it's very, very limited as to who can buy a Disney World annual pass. Uh, Disneyland is actually following the example of uh, Tokyo Disneyland from earlier this year, who also suspended their annual pass program. Um, the programs that they are looking at to bring back um, do have different price points, different tiers, allow a certain number of entries. Actually, I take that back. It there. There are some tiers that they're surveying on that indicate an unlimited uh, amount of days that you can go. However, you have to make reservations in advance before you go, which is what currently is the program at Walt Disney World. Yeah. So uh, but just because, you know, you may want to get that last ride of the night on Peter Pan every night because you have to make these reservations in advance, you may not be able to get it every day. Uh, in yeah. fact, there's a good chance you may not get it every week. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Annual pass holders, you know, while there are a good number of people who will go and uh, use Disneyland as the mall or an alternative to the mall, um, there are other people who are just as enthusiastic and uh, excited to go into the parks to buy merchandise, to, you know, eat at the dining locations there. Um it's a, it, it had to have been a tough decision for Disney to yeah. make, but I can understand how they came to that decision. And personally, I've been advocating for years for an annual pass program that allows you, let's say, maybe 30 entries per year. You don't need to be there every day, but you like to go and visit when you, can, you have the opportunity to. Um, for me and my family, that's more than twice a month, which would be perfect for us. We're not yeah. local. You know, it's not exactly easy for us to get there. And, uh, you know, if if something like that were available for $500 as opposed to paying $1,300 for an annual (laughs) pass, we'd go for that if we had the unlimited ability to decide what days we want to go. You know, just as long as we know, you know, you get 30 days. Okay, I can live with that. Uh, And that's the type of pass program that I would love to see. But uh, for for people who do live in Southern California, they may have a different uh, thought on that. Yeah. And, you know, even if you can't go into the park as you don't have a reservation, you just spontaneously want to go and do something Disney. You can always go into the, um, oh, the uh, shopping Downtown area. Disney. Downtown yeah. Disney. I, I wanted to call it Disney Springs and I realized that wasn't right. It's like Disney Springs is all <laughs> Disney World. But you can always go into Downtown Disney and go hang out around in there. No problem. That's right. So you still have something you can do because I understand the the spontaneity because I mean, we've we've had to adjust even with our local zoo in Kansas City. There's like a spontaneous Saturday. My wife and I are like, let's just go walk around the zoo, mm-hmm. you know, because we do our, you know, our friends of the zoo passes. Uh, we've only gotten to go once this year and we had to do it by reservation. And that was mainly for COVID. I don't know if things have uh, loosened up since then. But we had to plan ahead, like, okay, we have an appointment to be at the gate at this time, at this day, and then we're allowed inside the zoo because they had to control the numbers. Uh, and I see that, that that could be how Disneyland could function for just annual passes as a regular thing, not just during COVID, but like, okay, set up a reservation. Because really, if you're, if you're wanting to go in and have a meal somewhere, which I can see a lot more at Walt Disney World, I think they got a lot more dining options within the resort, and you you do reserve a lot of places. Yeah. But but say, oh, we want to go and eat over there this Friday night or this Saturday. Let's go and set up a reservation so we can come in and eat at whatever place and, and enjoy a few rides and then come home. Yeah. 
That makes some sense to me because this isn't like your average theme park. This is Disneyland. Right. This is like they do have to. It's going to attract a lot more people than, say, Worlds of Fun here in Kansas City does, where you can just spontaneously just go in because it is it's the bad stepchild of Cedar Point where they it's not Knott's Berry Farm. So they don't give a rat's rear. Let's face it. Those of us in Kansas City, we know. So speaking of Knott's Berry Farm, you know, they did have an interesting response to uh, Disneyland's Mm -hmm. sunsetting of the annual pass program. They said, we love annual pass holders. We're glad to see you come back. Uh, Universal ha- was a little bit more shady on the uh, announcement themselves. Uh, but, uh, you know, but there have been a lot of changes going on at the Disney parks. You know, the, so the sunsetting of the program in Disneyland over in Walt Disney World, you're no longer getting a complimentary magic band uh, with a, a hotel reservation. They are not going to be offering the Magical Express after 2022. Mm, so there yeah. are, you know, little changes happening all across the parks. And so, um, you know, some people are saying, well, that just ruins the magic. Other people are saying, well, everyone else has to pay for it. Why not you? So, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, yeah. what, what, what comes out on the other side. Yeah, and there even I saw some photos. They're doing some construction on part of the monorail in front of uh, uh, which one of the resort? Tron. Oh, well, it wasn't the Tron, but the the monorail. They actually are. They were tearing down a portion of it to to update it. Something. Uh, I remember seeing the photographs, and I remember some people on Facebook and some Facebook Disney groups were kind of freaked out. Um, where was that? It was it was a mon- part of the monorail track that they needed to take something down. But there, as I said, if you paid it, because everybody's like, oh, but I have such great memories of that. It's like, they're rebuilding it. They, they just, they're fixing something up. I forgot all the details. I really, I, I remember seeing it on Facebook. I should have uh, kept the article. You uh, know, I, speaking of which, I do have one other bit of Disney news that uh, I don't believe we've covered. Oh, and what's that? That is an outpost for Galaxy's Edge in downtown Disney in a new location. Yeah, I heard a location was, uh, they were taking out one location to turn it into a Star Wars. Yes. Well, downtown Disney, one of the uh, opening uh, businesses down there was the Rainforest Cafe. They oh, yeah. That's the one. a two-story restaurant uh, inside of this uh, Mayan-themed temple. Well, that has been unoccupied for the past oh, two, maybe three years, ever since really? that failed hotel project fell through that was going to be over by the Disneyland Hotel. However, uh, the the Galaxy's Edge Trading Post took over another location in downtown Disney called the Wonderground Gallery, which was a a, a neat little place because it sold art of different styles, you know, stuff you're not going to find in the park. You know, maybe you find something by Shag, uh, you would find um, uh, Tim Burton-esque type uh, illustrations of Disney characters there. And you'd certainly find regular, uh, you know, Disney style drawings and stuff there. Well, they took the underground gallery out to allow a place for uh, galaxy's edge merchandise to be sold on downtown Disney, but it's a fairly small storefront by opening up the uh, former uh, rainforest cafe. And again, this Mayan themed temple, which, it's not going to take too much to convert it to look like something off of mm-hmm. uh, A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, you not only have more space to sell items, but you now have, you know, maybe up on the second floor, maybe they can convert part of that for lightsaber building. Ooh. Or even keep some of the restaurant aspects and have like a cantina area. Exactly. 
exactly. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that space is utilized. Um, yeah. And I don't believe that a date has been given for when that is going to open up. But again, that's another way that uh, folks might be able to get a little bit of that Galaxy's Edge experience without having to enter the park. Yeah. So, see, if, if Disneyland has to do limited, like, three, 30 days that you get on your pass – and you just spontaneously want to go do something Star Wars, you don't want to reserve, you don't have time to reserve, just go to downtown Disney and go visit the Star Wars store. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. See? So you can get your Star Wars fix. <laughs> that way also is a good way to have your Star Wars fix if you can't manage to get your reservation in the, the resort uh, down in, in Florida. I've been seeing some photos of it's moving along really oh, yeah. good. Uh, I'm never going to be able to afford that. <laughs> but, oh my goodness, <laughs> that looks so cool. So... Uh, but it, we better move. Oh, well, like we got one last news item I want to get to before we move into the trailer park. And that is, I am so excited that I just want to throw my hands up and yell, yay! The Muppet Show, four and five before, while we're still alive, is finally happening, not on DVD, but on Disney+. Plus. We're yes. going to get all five seasons of The Muppet Show. And I have heard that they've got their licensing all fixed up so they can put music. That there were shows that had songs in it that they weren't able to put on DVD or something, but all those episodes are putting back in. So better believe I'm going to binge watch. I don't know how long it'll take me, but I'm binging the heck out of the Muppet <laughs> Show. Even though I do have like three three sets of the seasons, like I don't care. I'll sit and watch them all because it's the Muppet Show. Exactly, exactly. Oh. You know, we're we're going to get every single Gonzo uh, trumpet. We're going to get every single bad joke by Fozzie. We're going to get every single heckle by Statler and Waldorf. Oh, it'll be heaven. It'll be it heaven. Be. And oh. plus, it's got all those great stars from the you know late yes. 70s. Yes. And oh. it will show the true uh, merging of Disney, Muppets, and Star Wars with the Mark Hamill episode. Yes, which I actually do have on, on a legit <laughs> DVD, but I don't know what season it happened because it's not on one of my seasons. It's on, I got a Time Life. Uh, it is supposed on to be season third three. season. I don't season. think I saw it on my regular DVD, but I have the Time Life one, and I so I can pull that out. And it is fantastic. And the funny part about it is at the end of it, they're on this other, on Coosbane, I believe. And yes. they actually sing When You Wish Upon a Star, and this castle comes up in the background. It's like, ooh, they knew. <laughs> but forget, the symptoms, or forget the Simpsons predicting the future. It's the Muppets. The Muppets had it a long time ago because you got Mark Hamill and Chewbacca out there singing. When, I mean, come on. That is like the, one of the coolest Muppet tap moments. dancing. Yes. Oh, I'm going to have to pull that episode out. And, well, I'm going to be busy today, though, because I got <laughs> I got the, the NFC championship game is going on right now. And the AFC is later. And the Chiefs are hopefully going to win the Buffalo Bills today. I Otherwise, I might be upset next show because <laughs> I'll be like, oh, the Chiefs are not going Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> But yes, oh, I'm so I'm wigging out. I cannot wait. That's February nineteenth. That is that is that is my Valentine's gift from Disney. <laughs> I am perfectly happy. I'm like, oh. so I, I I should put a countdown on my calendar up here. I got a Snoopy calendar on my wall. I should just start marking down the days because I'm going to go Muppet crazy. I may forget to watch Wandavision, which we're still going to talk about here a little bit later. But before we do that, I do want to visit the trailer park real fast because they finally dropped this trailer for a movie that uh, I think we've all been waiting for, for monster, giant monster fans, really. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Godzilla vs. Kong. 
it's finally happening. And I was wondering Kaiju how battle. they Kaiju battle. I was wondering how they were going to make this work because I know back in the day, and I heard a rumor there was an American version and a Japanese version. And like in the Japanese version, Godzilla one and the American version, Kong one. I don't know if that's completely true, uh, but I have seen like the ending of that one where Kong wins. So, but like here we got a new version, but the, like, apparently we've got so because Godzilla, they've they've gone with the more heroic style of Godzilla because Godzilla, depending upon what era you're looking at, there's either hero Godzilla or destruction Godzilla. And so in honor of that, Godzilla is for some reason mad at humanity now. And has gone from his heroic ways to trashing the, the, the humans. And so they are bringing back characters from the last movie, including, uh, I forgot what her character's name was, but Eleven. Uh, you know, she's Bobby in Brown. there. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown. She's in there uh, and wondering, well, why is Godzilla mad at us? Why is he attacking humans? Because he just saved us from all the monsters in King of the Monsters. So there's that question. And then there's like Kong has being brought off of his Island because that's what they do with King Kong. They don't leave him alone. They drag him off his Island and put him here in the States where he just wants to be left alone. That's King Kong for you. Now, if he ends up climbing up in a building and, and getting shot down and killed, then I guess they've gone the entire arc with, with King Kong, but Kong versus oh. Godzilla giant monsters beating the stuffing out of each other. And the funny part is the music. And I, I don't know if I can really play the audio for this because of some rap song that's in there. But the funny thing is when you watch this trailer online, there's rap music playing and you feel like you're about to watch a boxing match. <laughs> the way it's spelt up, it feels like a Rocky movie. You know, I'm surprised they didn't get, I'm going to knock you out, you know, or something. But that's what it, the trailer feels like. Well, if Godzilla goes running up the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum, then... Uh... Drogo! <laughs> or <laughs> something... Yeah, but no, this... no, that that's up a mountain in in Russia. Right, I know, but it's, it's still funny. <laughs> King Kong could do that because he'd be going Drago because Drago sounds like dragon anyway. So Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. Well, know. I'll just be happy so long as it does not have Matthew Broderick talking about a pile of fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Godzilla being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so they really did, they just had to put it out there to let us know it's existing. It's going to draw an audience automatically because it's just these have not been critical hits, but they're just good popcorn, stupid fun. Really, yeah, I really I really enjoyed uh, Kong Skull Island. You know, it surprised me how much I liked it. Um, in fact, I've got that and Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I haven't seen, queued up on my HBO Max account to watch. Oh yeah, soon. And I'm going to watch, I need to rewatch both of the Godzilla movies. Although King of the Monsters was a lot better. The first Godzilla, it was too much focus on people and forgot that, hey, look, giant monsters fighting. Can I see the giant monsters fighting? That's what we watch Godzilla for. So, but the King of the Monsters was like, oh, you want a giant monsters fighting? Here you go. So, and here's all of them. You know, it's like, you know, I think I can't remember like Gamora, but Gamora is not the right word I'm here. But yeah, there was lots of monsters. It was Ghidorah. I think King Ghidorah showed up in that one. Oh, it was so cool. Uh, and Kong Skull Island, I haven't watched yet, but I heard a lot of good things. I just never got around to watching it. I got it queued up, ready to go, too. So we're going to get our monster on. But all right, we need, we'll turn a quick corner, and we'll we'll have to be brief because we got to get into this conversation with uh, Sean I went, I, Ayala. I, I, I had to have him tell me how to say his name because I knew I was going to blow it because I'm very bad at that sort of thing. But we'll call this a TV review. That way I can play a sounder right here. Hello out there in TV land. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. A Neverland podcast television review. WandaVision uh, premiered WandaVision, last week. WandaVision. Yeah, I, I love the same thong. There's just so much fun. 
And I think this has hit people where people weren't know. It's like people weren't paying attention to know what this was going to be. They're like, "Oh, it's right. a Marvel show," and it's like they got caught off guard by what we knew was coming. They said it was going to be kind of a goofball comedy sitcom parody, and that's what right. we got. Right. But we've been getting those hints that something's going on underneath. It's going to come to fruition, and I've enjoyed it. It's been silly. They've goofed on Dick Van Dyke. Uh, they goofed on Bewitched. They've goofed on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually kind of been laughing at the corny jokes they've come up with because, boy, are they corny. Yes, but yes. those little secret things that, you know, even in black and white, something would pop up in color and it would have a sword emblem on it. And I'm like, ah, I think I know what's been happening, especially. OK, so here's where the spoiler warning comes in. If you have not watched the third episode or even the first two episodes, skip ahead five, ten minutes. Uh, to where you'll hear me talking to uh, somebody other than Eric, and that's where you're you're fine and safe. Because I don't oh, want to sure. spoil see this. Ya. See, we'll we'll see you in a few minutes. So I kind of suspected something's going on because I recognize the symbol of a group called Sword, which I remember reading about. I've got some of the Spider Woman comics that they had. They they had a well, it wasn't really a web comic; it was like a motion comic. But they did a little animated Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. I bought the comic adaptation of that even. But it's it's about Spider-Woman being recruited into S.W.O.R.D. to look for scrolls that were still hiding after the secret invasion. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, an alien task force. And we've already seen with alien technology, like Nick Fury is able to take a vacation, on, even though he was out in space. So they can do a complete simulation of something. So my theory is we're seeing S.W.O.R.D. And I think everybody other than Wanda and Vision are scrolls that are living in this... Life's little simulated world, but I don't know what Wanda's doing there, other than maybe Wanda. Wanda seems to want to not have anything altered because there's where there's like these. She's she can alter reality anyway, but we see these slight changes when somebody's or Vision, somebody, anybody says something she doesn't like, mainly Vision. Yeah, she'll go and edit it, and I think she's trying to just live out her best life with Vision that she was denied when Vision had the uh, mind. Uh, mind gem ripped out of his head so maybe vision can only exist inside this this make-believe world and so she's in there just living her life with vision that she wants but there might be something else going on with that as well and uh, i believe that was uh is that monica rambo wasn't yes. isn't she the one who's geraldine isn't that her yes that's that's the actress who's playing monica rambo and uh that's what forward. i thought so it's gonna mm-hmm. be interesting now now one thing you know sword and I know they were introduced back in uh, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men series, uh, but definitely the uh, Jessica Drew Spider-Woman series drew a lot uh, with S.W.O.R.D. and uh, Abigail Brand running it. One thing I've noticed is that this might not be the same organization we know from the comics. Right. Well, and... Neither are the scrolls the same that we know from the comics. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> but the, the, the S.W.O.R.D. in the comics is the Sentient World Observation and Reporting Department, whereas in WandaVision, it's the Sentient Weapon Observation and Reporting Department. Oh, no, I have not caught that. Where did you catch that? Uh, I found that in uh, all sorts of different uh, materials online mm. uh, talking about what sword in the mcu stands for so it's a definitely a different thing now there have been definite hints that there's something more insidious going on Mm -hmm. than just Mm -hmm. wanda living out her best american style life and i foresee an explanation for the way that this has been set up is wanda is uh created this reality based upon american sitcoms that she may have seen uh growing up in sokovia yeah which it could be completely a simulation 
generated by them or it could be completely her because exactly. she has that capability and i think now with the merger with fox to where we can finally maybe go full mutant with with the scarlet witch she can alter all of reality and for anyone who's curious about it go look at house of m and find out what happens when wanda decides to say no more mutants exactly now it's interesting that you mentioned bringing in fox yes <laughs> we might see some familiar well i know we may be seeing a familiar face pop up within the next few episodes Could be. from the Fox series of films, not necessarily we've even from heard, the MCU. We've even heard Deadpool is being brought into the MCU, as is R-rated film, which means we won't be able to cover it on our show because I don't do R-rated films. <laughs> right. But Deadpool's coming and like, I don't know who he's bringing <laughs> with it. You know, I don't know how they're going to integrate the X-Men franchise? Well, what? we do know that WandaVision is going to tie into Doctor Strange in yeah. the uh, Multiverse of Madness. So mm. you've got Multiverse right there. And you know who's directing that? Uh, oh, I remember seeing it, but I forgot. It's a, I think it's the same director doing some of the WandaVision, though. No. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi's... Oh, I knew it was some yes. sort of horror guy. I could, it was Sam Raimi then. Ooh, I love when the Sam Raimi does comic book stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's a fan of the Tobin McGuire Spider-Man films, you know. Exactly. And we know that the multiverse, you know, looks to be figuring into the next Spider-Man movie as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. WandaVision is going to definitely have some impact on the Marvel Universe going forward. Yes. And so I'm enjoying the corny jokes and everything. I'm having a ball. I've seen people complaining online, but I'm thinking, all right, if you're not getting what you expect, but just stick with it. They're just giving you something different, but... The stuff is going to hit the fan here. I mean, I don't know how many episodes we got. I forgot. Nine. 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 I'm seeing it's like eight or nine. Okay. And we're only three in. There's six episodes, and we're starting to already turn some corners because uh, Monica Rambeau just got ejected because she was breaking up the narrative of what Wanda wanted. Wanda's getting... I love the fact that they have their twin children because in the comics, Wanda and Vision did have a child. They had I don't twins. know the details of that. They did, they have, did twins. have twins. Yes. Okay, see, I, I, because I don't pay attention to Avengers usually. I just read my. I was back in the nineties. I was reading X Men. I was reading Spider Man, but I wasn't reading Avengers. So this one goes back to the eighties. Back in the eighties, yeah, wow. to the Wanda and Vision uh, comic book series. Um, and you know, there again in that series, there's insidious underground as mm -hmm. to what's going on and where these children came from. And in this, you know, we've got kids coming up within twenty four hours. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's not a Carol Danvers uh, uh, emergency baby situation like she had with on her stint with the Avengers back in the day. Oh, looking by your face, I, are you familiar with that story? I like I said, I wasn't reading Avengers. I was reading Spider Man and yeah, X Men back that's in the nineties and whatnot. Easy story it goes back to the early eighties, in which wow. Carol Danvers became pregnant, had a child, and the child was its own father and. Uh, what? The? Yeah, it was it was a crazy, crazy storyline, and it that actually, was weirder than Terminator, where he, the guy sends his own father, or yeah, basically you know John Connor sent his own father back in time to father himself, right? Which was weird enough, but this is even. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> hey, it, it's either Marvel or it's Futurama. So what have you? <laughs> Yeah, there's a deep cut there. <laughs> I've seen that episode. That is a messed up episode. So, oh but with that being said, back to WandaVision, it really is 
beautifully crafted. I've heard yes. that they spent something like $25 million per episode. And while you may not see that money in these first couple of episodes, remember, this is a nine-episode series. This is coming you know, with uh, Kevin Feige producing it. This is fully a part of the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe. We are going to be seeing familiar faces come up. Um, they might not be the you know recognizable Avengers, but you know we're going to be seeing some side characters from the other movies pop up and show up within this series very soon. And nobody has any idea where this is really ultimately <laughs> yeah. headed. It's this great mystery with just corny jokes and just fun. It's and I needed something lighthearted and fun here uh, this year. It was a great way to kick off the year to go and watch this. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's silly. It's goofy, and it's got me intrigued of like. What's going on? And they've what got a fun cast out? as well. Yeah, <laughs> they were all so silly. They're just they're just over the cheesy. And I love when the they were accidentally like we're we're breaking the narrative a little bit of a little bit of panic, trying to keep their cheesy smile on at the end of the third episode. I'm like, woo! They know something's up, but they're <laughs> afraid to say anything because like, they may do something. The neighbor's dog is staring at me. Hi, neighbor's dog. Okay, I guess he's done. All right. <laughs> now that that's your situation, not one. Yeah, that's my situation. Just want to clarify. <laughs> it was just weird. I looked out the window, and the neighbor's cute little doggy has got had one paw up in the air and just staring right at me, like, "What's going on?" So, okay, the but dog yeah. knows what's going on with Wandavision. The dog knows. He's watching it's, him. It's Nick Fury in disguise. <laughs> His Nick Fury's disguise. Yes. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Fury's going to be popping up. You know, yeah. that's one thing I need to do. I need to actually finish watching Agents of Shield. I never finished the season with the uh, where they were in space. And I feel like I might be missing uh, of what might be a puzzle piece that might land somewhere in here. Possibly. Um, I've heard that the later um, uh, seasons of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really don't tie into the MCU. Uh, no one disappeared with the Thanos snap. So really? Yeah. So it, it's it, it. I think it's its own thing. But uh, yeah, so, so were so were the Defenders. But we know that. Something of the Defenders is becoming part of the Marvel Universe as well. So. Yeah, I've been hearing some Daredevil talk. Yeah. Which, because I like the way they presented Daredevil on Netflix. It was pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. didn't get, I didn't watch everything that, that Netflix had, but I don't think I can get to it anymore. I don't know if it's still on there. It's still available. It is still there. I yeah. might have to go through and watch it, but like, I heard it, 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 it kind of petered out. It kind of, it fell apart mm-hmm. a little bit. So people were, so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll hang back and we'll see if it gets blended back in. So. But anyways, I really probably better get this rolling because I was meant to have this first part of the show to go for 15 minutes and we have talked for an hour. an hour, yeah. So, and I still got more fun stuff to present to you when I have a nice conversation. We'll just dive right into it. And uh, so here is me talking to, and I'll let him say his name, (laughs) but grab your power sword and lift it in the air by the power of Grayskull. We're moving on to a complete. I have the power. Or for those who remember way back in the day when I used to go, I have a podcast. (laughs) There's a deep cut. To Disney and beyond. Okay, Neverlanders, this is going to be fun. And I'm going to I'm bringing in somebody that you ain't never heard of before. So but you're going to love what he's got to say and what he's got to talk about, because I kind of stumbled upon something because. That's that's some of the most fun things that happen online is just stumbling upon something awesome. So we're gonna meet our new our new friend here. He's working on a fan game, and I hope Mattel sees what he's doing and says, "Hey, that's awesome. We need to make sure that's published." So you get paid for all this work because you're making a Masters in the Universe. 
don't know if you'd call this like eight bit because it's 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 like Nintendo, but it also reminds me of Atari a little bit. So what would you call it? Like a eight bit or a two bit? What? You, you know what? So hello everyone, Sean Ayala here, the creator and developer of hello. Play Mo Two. Um, it's the first filmation inspired Masters of the Universe. I'm calling it a retro game, um, a, a, a game that we should have gotten back in the late 80s. Um, so I'm mm -hmm. my goal in my head. It is kind of 8-bit because it's Nintendo. I, I'm trying to go with that NES original Sega type feel. But but even with all the the ability of graphics today, you can kind of push it a little. But I, I want that error, that error that we should have gotten for this game. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Because back in the old Atari, they did make a Masters Universe game, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> and I've it seen was that. basically flying, and oh, yeah. yeah, you wanted to go and punch Skeletor in the face. I mean, and then it's <laughs> they weren't going to let you do yeah, it. Yeah, for for me, so I I did I never got to play that Atari game. Is it an Atari? Like so, ever since I I started bringing this up on Instagram and Twitter, like everyone has been very um, amazing at just supporting it and like wanting to 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 con contribute to the idea because again like and i have never seen anything like this done before so this is the first opportunity that we can actually get the um he-man and i i'm, I'm probably going to remove he-man i wanted to just be masters of the universe because i do want to add in she-ra mm. and like you know hordak and all that kind of stuff because i think yeah I think that's something that we could play with and explore i mean again this is something we never gotten before um and right. it's incredible how many um of just the, the motu fans out there um are 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 providing their input around like ladybird books like we should be leveraging that mm. or comics and um <laughs> so I, I know for sure i want to start off from a filmation perspective because i think that's i think filmation is the one that kind of like um, drove it to its incredible peak. And a lot of people are more yeah. familiar with that. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, this is this is such a limitless type of property based on just all the things yeah. that are that have been created from the comic book perspective and the TV show. I, I don't want to touch the movie. I don't want to touch the recent 2000X. <laughs> but, you know, original filmation is where I wanted to to, to start. Yeah, and that's I think that's formed some of our early bonds. I mean, I remember that that show started. I think I was probably five years old when I remember watching it, and it was uh, it was weekday afternoons. They had the old '60s Batman series on, and then He Man would kick in, and I was like, "What is?" Because I had seen like lunch boxes and stuff at school, and I was like, "What is this? This looks so cool!" And then finally getting a cartoon of it, I was like, "Oh, you know, I was I was totally in from day one. Just that was that was my Me thing. Too. I, I didn't have that many toys, but." Me too. I, I I have a twin brother, and him and I. I mean, we had Castle Grayskull. We had we had it all. I mean, I, I I can't remember every single toy we had, but like we have this one picture of me and him, and he's got um. We're twins, so I don't even know who's got who in in their hands. But like I have, <laughs> I either have the He Man, he has the Skeletor, Black uh, not Panther, and then um you know Battle Cat, and it's just it's it's cool. I mean. That that yeah. that whole property line, like just what they were able to do with it, um, it's just incredible. And like, I feel like now with technology now caught up, 
um, never in my wildest dream would I what I thought I would be creating a game like this is the first time I'm I, I've even like really decided to say I'm going to create a game. And then I'm like, well, what what will that game be? And like, I, I remember we never got a He-Man game. This is the game I'm going to try and develop. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, a real to me, a real He-Man game, not a like yeah. a, a legit one. So I don't know. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I have seen some some pretty good attempts. There's a, a pretty decent beat em up. An somebody arcade, created the arcade the, version. Yeah, it's kind of arcade-ish. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. It's like they took the, uh, I, took the real uh, cartoon characters out of the filmation version and turned it into a uh, game. That one is pretty cool. I don't have a PC, so yeah. I haven't had the opportunity to make it. I meant play it, but that one I want to play. I did have the opportunity. I don't know if you were able to play the iOS um, version, um, the app, not not the recent app. Um, what is this one called? Well, I'm an Android user, so if it's available on Android, it's called He Man so. and Oh man, He Man Adventures is that what it's called? It's it's so oh He Man, the most powerful game in the universe. That was the original one uh, that tried to make it more filmation driven, um, but again, it was so it was a platform that was just platform gamer that was kind of basic, and it didn't really. It didn't really like it didn't it didn't uh, bring you into the story like with Merman or Trapjaw or like, yeah, like the cartoon. Like, so I don't know. But that's that's Yeah. And then the device for that one. Yeah. That Tappers game was disappointing oh to me, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, well, look, I get to go and rub my finger on characters and I just sit there and rubbing my fingers. That's it. So. Yeah, I mean the characters are cool. Like yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. You have the characters, but it, it right. truly was a disappointing game for sure. Yeah. Just like all the other property stuff that came after it, we're, we're hoping for that one glimmer of light that will give us hope for this He-Man property. So, yeah, we want to go on an adventure as He-Man, and I know they did try to do one that I, I guess it didn't sell very well. I, I barely heard of it. And I think it's on the. PS2, but there was a He-Man game based around the 2000X series, yeah. which I didn't find out about until like years later, and it was too late, and I've, I've never even seen it in a store, but I would try it just because, I mean, I like the idea, if we ever get to the point where we do get a modern-style He-Man game on the PS4, or well, PS5 even, mm -hmm. a nice open-world Eternia would yes. be amazing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, somebody mod the heck out of Skyrim or something, man. Come on. Yes. Let me be He-Man on Skyrim. Uh, something. They did. They did. So. They did include him into this like toy soldier type of game where um, is the toys against toys. And then He-Man is in there. So that one I thought was pretty cool. Um, but man, like I, I wanted I wanted to create a game that, again, like I wish we all had that actually takes us through the adventure. Because I remember as a kid watching mm -hmm. watching all these episodes and. I repurchased the entire collection, right? Like I have it on DVD. Nice. I have it on uh, on Apple iTunes. And and like there's some really good adventurous stories, although, you know, He-Man really never used his sword. Um, right. But <laughs> I'm like, he's always picking up boulders. Like I'm like, OK, cool. I got to incorporate that into the game. But there's some really like. Uh, really cool adventures, I think, that can be explored um, into a 8-bit 
8-bit style game again that I wish we all had. So, and I feel like there there is people today that would actually play it. That's what I, that's my hope, but I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm creating it for me because I never I never got it. So I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you have the ability to make something, hey, I didn't ever got this when I was a kid. I'll make it, then go for it. Yeah. You know? So how long have you been making games? I mean, when, where did that start? So, so again, like, this... So, actually, I, I don't want to say I never made a game before, but I did go to school back in the days for... Um, I have a degree in multi multimedia um, and graphic design. So part of... Part of the course back in those days was learning um, how to code a website, how to use Flash um, and create interactive uh, menus and DVD uh, menus at that time. This was back in like, I don't know, 1999, 2000-ish, uh, 2002. And like, um, I remember creating just a game for one of my portfolio, which was a remake of Space Invaders. Um, so I remember nice. that and, and I and I kind of placed me in it and um, made it made it interesting enough that it was kind of new, but it was just all for portfolio reasons, um, because I wanted to show that I could do something interactive. And then, man, I don't remember ever playing or creating or touching anything from a gaming perspective till um, my son was talking about because, you know, during covid. I'm like, okay, we're not going to stay in the house. I need you to figure out what we're going to do with all our lives, right? And he, <laughs> out of the three things that he talked about, coding was one of it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me quickly do some searching online. There's always something that you can find on Google and YouTube that will enable you to do something creative. So um, I came across a an application called GDevelop. And GDevelop is a free software that allows you to create games and I'm like hmm okay I've always wanted to 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 do something myself you know hoping that I was going to inspire him I ended up inspiring myself to like create something and so back in I want to say September I had this really ambitious idea for a game I wanted to do like this 80s mix of just like back to the future and ET and He-Man and I had a, it was a, it was a really ambitious game. And when I started learning yeah. <laughs> about sprites and animation and all the little things that had to go into this, I was like, oh, no, this ain't <laughs> happening. <laughs> and then and then I said, OK, well, I could probably start with one character. And then I just thought of He-Man. I'm like, wait a minute. He-Man is one of my passions. Like I grew up loving He-Man. I have all the all the, the books for Dark Horse. I have the course. I have all I have the not all, but I have. The majority of the original waves of the Masters of the Universe classics, MaddieCollection.com line downstairs. So I have like, mm. I have a ton of them. And I'm like, I wow. can just do a He-Man one. Like, let's, mm -hmm. let's start off with He-Man. And, and so it was <laughs> born on like in September this year during COVID. And um, just recently figured out, like I, I'm teaching myself all the coding through YouTube, there's a gentleman that I follow from Wish Force Games. He's amazing. He's he teaches you the basic of um, using GDevelop, and behold, taking all my graphic design skills and everything that I've learned in the past because I'm a marketer during the day, and started developing this game. and 
and now I finally got a beta out and thankfully I'm getting some good responses. People aren't uh, giving me anything negative, you know, and so I'm taking it for what is worth at the moment and we're, we're chugging along and I'm creating piece by piece. Oh, not long. Nice. <laughs> not long. Yeah, I think so far I've only gotten to try out the demo, and uh, it was neat because you know, you've added dialogue, and it almost seems like you've you've pulled from the the episodes and kind of brought some of those stories to life yeah, for us. I did. That we, we get to play. In what, there. what was your favorite part of the game? But was there anything that stood out to you, or was it just that you were able to play as He Man? <laughs> Probably just because I was able to play, play the same man, but I did love the opening animation where you kind of recreated the opening of the show oh. a little bit and having the MIDI file of the original theme song, uh, you know, because you didn't animate the whole thing completely, yeah. but just having it there and represented it in a game was like, yes, thank you. I, I, appreciate <laughs> I got super that. excited. Yeah. Well, so, so um, <laughs> it was based off of, because the one thing that I was, I didn't want to create a beta of just, a, I didn't want to create a beta that a person would play where it's just He-Man. Cause then I feel like if it, if they were just playing as He-Man, um, it would be like any other game. I wanted to like really get people to buy into the idea that like one, you're Prince Adam two, you can change from Prince Adam to He-Man. And then you're on this journey to try to get to battle cat, but you're not, or, or to say cringer, but you weren't sure if you was going to be able to ride battle cat or turn cringer into battle cat. Like, and I wanted people to experience that all in that moment. Cause the moment I created battle cat and the moment I figured out how to get he man on top of battle cat, my life changed. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is what <laughs> I wanted forever. Um, and I wanted people to feel yes. that too. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if people are, but man, that was a special moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, and, and it was based off of a cartoon. It was cat. based off of one of this right. episodes that were out there um, where Beast Man did take Cringer. So I wanted to just also add that mm-hmm. into it as well. Yeah, and I was when I was playing through, I was like, this seems familiar. This is an episode. I know it's an episode. I remember watching this. I couldn't I couldn't put my finger exactly <laughs> on it, but I was like, I know this story. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice, you know, a little bit of platforming, a little bit of puzzle solving, getting to fight while on Battle Cat was pretty awesome. I was like, dude. That's cool. So, yeah. And then the demo ended. I was like, wait a minute. Where's the rest of the I game? Know, I, so there's a couple people who streamed it on YouTube already. And I'm like, oh, it's only a mm-hmm. seven minute game. I got to make this one. I got to make the beta longer just so people can enjoy it. Because I think the moment you get the Battle Cat, you kind of have an idea of the game. But then it kind of ends quickly, too. So, yeah, you know. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what it can become if I'm able to pull it off. So we'll see. <laughs> and so far, so good. And like I said, I really hope like Filmation and Mattel will take a look at some fan games and say like, hey, you know, get this released to where, you know, I could play it on my console where I'd have my controller. Because I think uh, when I played through the demo, I think I had to do it on a keyboard. And I'm not good on a PC keyboard. Yep. I, I want my, my PlayStation controller in my hand because that's what I'm comfortable with. So, granted, okay, first-person shooter, I guess it's better with a mouse. Okay, you can make that case. But, you know, I like my controller. It's more comfortable for me. And I would love to see this get put in, like, the PlayStation App Store and officially giving you a license, you know. Because, I mean, small independent game developers, I mean, we'll look at stuff like Stardew Valley. Just one guy mm-hmm. suddenly created this whole thing. And it's basically, it's an homage to, you know, a lot of games he played, like a Harvest Moon and stuff like that. 
So in a way, this is like an homage to the character of He-Man and all those great platformers we had back on the place on the Nintendo. So I'm thinking, you know, if they maybe get a look at this and say, hey, this is pretty cool. And it's being very respectful of our property and people would buy this. So, yeah. And and that's my hope. I kind of got hope for you because because I don't I again, like I think I think of many of us who who are seeing all the things that are happening to Masters of the Universe, like we are very overprotective on this property. And the moment you mess this up, like it will be known. And I think that that goes with everything (laughs) on. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to make this something that will um, disrespect the whole property um, and the franchise. That's the word I keep looking for franchise. Um, So I'm hoping um, that and again, I'm not creating this to get any special recognition at all. But if someone happens to want to like partner, like I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be open to that. But I have gotten a few comments where people um, ask, can, can this go on the Nintendo Switch um, gaming um, app or can this can this go on PlayStation or Xbox? And I know for sure at the moment what I'm trying to figure out at least is um, to create um, the game that will allow a USB controller because I have the old school Super Nintendo controller that I can plug into my computer I'm hoping to at least get mm. that far so I can at least get the controller function so that way people don't have to use the keyboard because I agree. Right. When I was creating it, it was kind of odd for me using the keyboard. But then I realized there is a a, a complete generation out there who's using um, uh, like what is it called? Stream 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 dot com and just all these other gaming sites that you're downloading games that still needs to be used by your your computer keyboard. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just me at a first glance. Cause I'm completely new to this gaming, gaming thing. But, <laughs> um, I agree. Like I do, I do, I do want to upgrade this so it can allow the ability to use a controller and, or if I'm able to figure out how to get it into the app stores for Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, like I want to do that for sure. Cause I, yeah. I think that'd be also would take is some good licensing. If they if they go ahead and grant you the licensing and everything and they get behind you, that and that would be awesome. Because I, I I think they know. Mattel, I think, is really noticing that they're they're getting a good resurgence. because uh, you know, you've had the Maddie collector and you managed to collect them all. I didn't manage to get a thing because they were super expensive. I just couldn't afford it. But here recently, now we've got these Masters of the Universe Origins. Yes. Now, granted, they're fifteen dollars a figure, and they, I mean, it used to be back in the day you could get them for three dollars. Yeah, but fifteen dollars I yeah, I can afford 15. I can do it once at a time. And I, I think I've hit my limit, though, of what I'm going to do because I don't have any more wall space, for one. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got all of Wave 1. Oh, congratulations. And I even got duplicates of He-Man Skeletor. So, woohoo! I was so proud of myself to get, manage to get it all. I've slowly been seeing Wave 2 coming out now at Target. And I'm I'm not that pleased with what they did with the Battle Armor characters because they kind of shrunk down yes, the, uh, the function. <laughs> Uh, but I want the extra heads because they have like an original Sal He-Man head that looks like the classic figure. I want that head and I want the Skeletor head. And I even want the extra hands because they have a, a second hand where I could have Skeletor grasping his Havoc stick and a sword. So I kind of want the accessory pieces, but it, the figures don't look that yeah. great. And so if I figure, if I got them, I would probably go ahead and take them out of the packages. But then I noticed those deluxe figures, $20, so you're paying $5 for the extra hand mm-hmm. and extra head. extra head. 
So I feel like Mattel is going to find a way to nail us. But Mattel is noticing they're making a lot of money because we're going crazy buying these origin figures because they're just priced right. Where now as parents, and I, fathers and mothers, I've seen both, they're buying these they're, and they're playing with their kids. Like, hey, I loved these toys when I was a kid. Come and check this out. And they're, you know, there's, there's sure there's people who buy like five of each one just so they can collect one. Yeah. But I am seeing some people saying, hey, these are great. I'm playing with my kids. And Mattel is encouraging that they made this really great stop motion commercial of, you know, trying to, hey, we used to love these with a kid. And they're trying to encourage the mm-hmm. kid over. And then by the end, the kid is playing with his parents and playing He-Man. And I, I like that idea because we've gotten into an age where, you know, kids are not playing with toys so much. They're, they're playing with their phone. And so it's like they're losing that that specialness that we had with our toys, yeah. you know, when we were kids. This, so I love the, the fact that you got this chance to bring in a toy line that we'd enjoyed when we were kids to be like, hey, this is really cool. Check it out. And especially with new cartoons coming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I mean, this everything's ripe. Mattel needs a game. And I, I'm kind of hoping that they kind of notice, oh, hey, look at this little fan game over here. This is pretty cool. I know. I, I've been tagging them on Twitter and... and um Mattel, yeah, Mattel, um, Masters Official. So, I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? But, but I agree. Like, they are on a roller coaster right now because mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough. I did, I was able to get the Battle Armor He Man and the Battle Armor Skeletor. So I have those. And my daughter is nine. And, like, I love that she's, she's picking them up. She's playing with them. And, like, it, it's like I'm introducing her. You know what I loved growing up, and um, mm-hmm. I'm okay with her playing with them because I even this line, yeah. this orange origin line, is made to play with. I mean, yes, collectors are buying yeah. devils and all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. But I, 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 I go back and forth with like, man, I already have the whole classics line down. Like, not all of it, <laughs> but I have the majority of them. Like, do I really need a duplicate version of this in an origins way? But uh, like I find myself going down that target aisle all the time saying, yep, let me pick up She-Ra. Yep, let me get that Mermaid, <laughs> let me get that Zodak. Um, so I, I I love what they're doing and having a game right now. And I didn't even think about that when when I was creating this game. Like I actually stumbled across the origin line, not even not even knowing that they were releasing this. So I, mm. I don't know if it was just right timing, but like that whole release didn't even influence the the game and it was great because i had a comment on youtube the other day where a guy was like you know this is a great compliment to the origin line and i'm like wow Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of is a a great compliment to have like because you're you're going back into your memories around seeing it on the shelf and then like oh what if we actually had a game that uh, you know complement it all so uh, you know, it's very exciting to see. And I, I can't wait for, you know, these the potential movie I'm hearing about that's coming out next. They, mm-hmm. they keep saying this year, but I'm sure it's going to be closer to its 40th year anniversary. Right. Um, and then the Netflix film I'm excited for. I'm, I've seen a couple posters. It, it looks cool. I, I hope it's going to be great. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's one of those, like you were saying, it's a franchise we're very protective of. We want it treated just right. Mm-hmm. And you mess with it too much, and we're gonna cringe, and we're gonna like the like the movie that we got before with <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. It was it was that cringe of like this doesn't feel like yeah. He Man. <laughs> you know? It's got some good merits. It's it's some cheesy '80s fun, so it's kind of worth watching. But it's also like this isn't He. Why are we on Earth? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, and it's funny. I actually yeah. rewatched that the other day, and yes, I remember. I remember going to the movies, watching that when that was released, and I was like, oh, "This isn't. This doesn't feel right to me. This is." <laughs> yeah. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Okay, I'll give it its pass because they tried. It's not the He Man we <laughs> we we should have gotten, but like, I'm like, for its 80s, yeah. like that was po- that was the only thing that was possible back in the 80s. Great, I'll I'll accept it for what it is. But this next one, we know what what <laughs> is possible." Marvel already set a standard, so we better get that mm-hmm. standard like met for He-Man. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even Daniel Benedict with his fan film, however many years ago that was, I had him on the show, uh, Fall yes, of Grayskull. Fall of Grayskull. He did such a good job with it. Granted, I didn't know that he was into that much gore, uh, being the <laughs> horror fan that he was. And I was a little surprised by the level of violence. Yeah. But it was like, this is really cool. Everything looks the way it should, you know. So Agreed. I think he's shown the examples like, yes, you know, we can buy into this. And one thing I think also we've learned, thanks to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's why Avengers, I think, was so successful, is the Avengers film went ahead and said, you know what? Aliens, I don't care. We're going to have stuff from, mm-hmm. you know, interdimensional, whatever kind of stuff going on. And people will buy into it. You know, it's, it seems for a while we had like a, we, we had to be so realistic that we almost lost the fantasy aspect of some things because they had to have everything, everything had to feel so grounded. Even Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire yeah. ones had to feel a little grounded. Yeah. And they weren't really willing to go that far because Venom, they didn't do a very good job with. Cause like, uh-uh. uh, but but Avengers just pulled the trigger. I'm like, you know what? Alien invasion. What the heck? And audiences went batty for it. We loved it. Agreed. So I think it's shown if if you go full tilt with He-Man in a film and you put make it exactly as it should be, it's going to be epic. And don't do like, you know, they're, they're going to try to do a new Super Mario Brothers and they're going to just like, we'll just make it animated and we can do the whole thing the way it should be, which hopefully is going to be better than the old Super Mario Brothers we got in the 90s where... Well, we have to keep it grounded and seem almost like it's in the real world, and it just ruined everything yeah. that was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, you have to pull the trigger and just go for it and say, you know what? This is He Man. He lives on the planet Eternia. His world is somewhere between Star Wars and Conan yep. the Barbarian. I mean, you got to throw it together and just go crazy yep. and, and, and have fun. And 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 that, and I guess that's what I want to make sure that I capture within this just game development of the of this retro style um, version that I'm created is like really. Um, like all I really have is filmation and comics to, comics to really kind of figure out what Eternia looks like. So I'm going to like try and yeah. leverage that as best as I can um, and and not go into a completely different type of vision that like I would think Eternia would look like. Like I really want to try my best to to leverage as much photography as much photos as much like record player covers that i've seen in the past the lunchbox <laughs> and all to just make sure yes. that like when you're playing this game like you are experiencing it as if you are really there and you're a he-man and you're you know you're having some fun like i i don't want to derail it whatsoever so but i agree like right. i think if you can connect with it in that way um then then it's 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 worth it you know it's worth playing it's worth sharing it's worth like just talking about. So I'm hoping that that mm-hmm. that'll be the end goal when this is completed. And my hope is to try and get this a, a full version of this done by PowerCon or Grayskull Con. Like my my wish or goal would be to try and figure out how can I just get that embedded into those events. Um, 
So, you know, they always say put it out in the world. So I'm, I'm putting it out in the world. Like that's my goal to hopefully get a completion yeah. of this game. Um, so that way I can have more people enjoy it and, and, you know, just, just enjoy it, you know? So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, so far so good. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to go and look for this beta version though, that I, that's, I guess longer than the little demo that I've played, no, which that, I did stream it up for. That, that was, that was it. So you, what you, if, if you download okay. it. That's all that's out there at the moment. Right now, okay. I'm working on adding in a underwater level, um, which is all going to be tied to <laughs> a merman type of um, level because I think that's another cool thing that I can explore. Um, I'm actually leveraging inspiration from the NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle waterboard, but I'm not doing <laughs> it that way because I know – a lot of people yeah. were upset with that whole electricity thing and like the timer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that game being a complete pain. I don't even think I passed mm-hmm. that game because of that level. So, um, <laughs> but like bringing, like going back into these old games is kind of cool because it gives me inspiration to just pull from what was. Um, but then I can also, um, cause I, I wanted to kind of be authentic to that error as well. Like I don't, I don't want to go outside of it and do all these cool, crazy things where you got to buy armor or, um, mm. upgrade for, you know, certain points or coins to upgrade. Like I wanted to be like, like it was when we were there. And I think I'm hoping yeah. you know, like it would be enjoyable. So, but yeah, yeah. interesting. There is some fun to be had, though, if you could have, like, situational times where maybe the sorceress could appear. Because, like, in the old mini comics, mm-hmm. the sorceress would give him, like, the new, uh, oh, what he had, like, this weird spinny weapon thing. That after the sorceress gave it to him, that toy was out, he would pop that up. He, You know, it was like this super weapon that he could pull out. Or, like, even the thunder punch, yes. you know, have that be a special armor, like... Oh, we have a special situation that you need it for this particular thing. So it's not going to cost extra coin. But for this particular level, you're going to be playing as Thunder Punch He-Man because in order to knock something over there, because you see it here and you feel it there, you you can do stuff like that. That's a great, really good point, because that kind of stuff I do want to keep in. And um, and so I haven't really talked about this, but when you get to the end of that beta, there is this icon that's at that's right behind um, Beast Man. And I don't know people recognize that icon or not but what what i was trying to allude there was like there is this icon like there's there is the icons or there is like upgrades i guess it's called an upgrade i would assume it's an upgrade where if you find the emblem and in this case what was hidden behind um beast man was the battle armor he-man logo that was spinning and if you mm-hmm. if you yeah. if you get that icon you get the battle armor suit so now you have an additional power um, meaning like you get three hits, um, um, without any damage, right. Cause it protects you like one, two, three, <laughs> right. yeah. and then, then you lose it. So, um, I, I am looking at those kind of things because I think that kind of stuff is incredible to have inside of the game for sure. Um, but it's more of like, you got to seek and find. And I did, I did think of another idea where I do want, cause what I love about the TV, the filmation series is that, um, um, Duncan, man at arms, is always working on an invention of some sort to mm-hmm. help, help the situation. So at some points during the game, I think it would be cool that like if you keep dying and you can't seem to beat this certain piece, um, Duncan comes in from an airplane of some sort. I'm making it up, but this is the idea. He comes in and drops a 
a an invention for you to help solve the puzzle or help solve oh, cool. you know whatever <laughs> you need to do um, to to help complete that level because. I, I just think there's just so many things you can pull from, right? Like, I'm like, I can have yeah. Oracle help you, like, in certain missions or, you know, you're in Tala. And, like, there's just so many things you can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I am excited to just bring those little Easter eggs into it, for sure, whether it's from the comics um, or the toy line to the filmation, for sure. So, Yeah, you can even help out with finishing... Like in the original mini comics, they didn't fu- they they hinted at it, but they didn't get to fully explore uh, that Keldor was yes. the original <laughs> name of Skeletor and him. You know, the, they they hinted at it, and then the comic line just kind of stopped. And like I've got the Dark Horse you know book collection that's like mm-hmm. that thick, and like you get into that and you're like, oh, we're gonna get in the origins. Like wait a minute, I'm in the Shira comics now. Where, <laughs> Where'd what, it go? what happened? Where'd it go? <laughs> yeah, it's like they they stopped right when they were gonna. Drop the bomb of like, oh yes, you know. Then the next He-Man comics we have are the uh, the new adventures of He-Man, which we can ignore those. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. It didn't it happen. The the yeah no yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so and the other thing that I let like even I don't know if you've heard of the um the the episode that was um was that got they I guess asked to stop or not to continue the return of Faker. Um, not sure if you heard of that one from James E. Mm. The, the, the gentleman who made one of the dark, dark horse books. There is this um, episode that he was creating, which looks amazing. You can go to YouTube, type in a return of Faker. And um, it never got published because something happened. I, I don't even know the story, but um, or I don't even want to try to attempt to, to say I know the story. But all I know, it got shut down. And I'm like, mm. I love I watched part of it because you can you can find it on YouTube, and there's just a storyline there where Faker takes Orko, and I'm like, oh, I can turn that into a game and explore that as a level, um, yeah. so that way people can kind of get a little glimpse of Return of Faker, which you know, there's just so many things you can pull from, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with this for sure, but I really want to create something that the fans would also enjoy of um, Masters of the Universe. So, like, again, I'm open to feedback, comments, suggestions, thoughts, ideas, because I don't want this to be just about what I want. Um, Thankfully, with social media, I have the opportunity to get feedback instantly. And every time I create something, I put it on the YouTube channel or I put it on Twitter or I put it on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to just have people just give me the feedback along the way and hopefully we can create something cool. And speaking of Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and everything, list out all those channels so everybody can know where to well, find cool. you. Cool. Um, first, I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. Um, you can find me at Playmotu, P-L-A-M-O-T-U, at Playmotu um, on all the social channels. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter, um, I have a TikTok that I haven't really explored yet, uh, but <laughs> at playmotu.com um, is where you can find the beta as well and at least just get a little glimpse into it and and try it out and give me some feedback because I'm, I'm full steam ahead on creating some more um, pieces to it. So, yep, at playmotu. Yeah. 
And uh, there, he's got some great stuff on YouTube showing creating the different sprites. And it was kind of fun watching you take a Tila and make it into a She-Ra. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, so I've seen some stuff like that. The and, thing you know, that I love to do. Seeing how is it's working. I, I got I to keep the, the height and the ratio and the par- proportions all done. I mean, all the same. And I like reusing sprites that I have to either recolor, rechange, because even with uh, you'll find a, a beast man on there where I redid beast man from an old Skeletor sprite to a new, to a beast man. But then I said, beast man has got to be bigger. So then I made him bigger yeah. and I used, um, you'll find one that is uh, trap jaw and I used, um, beast man pieces to kind of bring him to life. Um, but they, they yeah. look different, at least in my opinion, they look completely different. Um, but hopefully getting that look just right. So that way the game has yeah. consistency. So, yes. Have you tried to recreate Beast Man's walk? Because he had kind of a way to walk in filmation. He just almost weird. Yeah, so that one I'm going to try. Like, it's it, it's really, <laughs> it's really, like, even when I first animated He-Man, that one was kind of tough. Because um, I'm not, I'm not an, like, you'll learn when developing games, you got to be an animator, too. So there's all these pieces <laughs> to it that you got to learn and and then you got to go do research on like how how does fish swim? Because right now I'm like creating fish <laughs> in the water, and it's like oh my gosh, yeah. there's, there's all these little pieces. But at first they don't come out right. I I created He Man swimming um, swimming sprite or animation, and that was a completely fail. I don't know if I'll ever show my first version of that version, but the second <laughs> one I did copying. Um, and finding drawing inspiration from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one made it look a lot yeah. better. So I'm like, yeah, like, it's it's tough. It's challenging. I'm like, man, and how many boards I want to do here? How many characters I want to do here? Oh, my gosh. Like it just it'll, it'll get overwhelming. But I'm, I'm excited mm. for it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, see, the fun thing is once you get this done and under your belt, it'll be easy for you to come back with some of the other thoughts you had of other 80s properties because, let's face it, E.T. did not get a very True. good game on Atari, and <laughs> E.T. deserves a good True. game. True, E.T. deserves a really <laughs> good game. I don't know how you make a good E.T. game, but we need one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I do remember playing Back to the Future, but I don't know if it was the Back to the Future I really wanted. So, like, I don't know. Like, there's yeah. there are some other properties you could explore. Um but yeah, I, do, I think of that one too, and who knows? But ho- hopefully, I hope hopefully this one will come out good. And if 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 it does, then we'll keep creating some different ones for sure. Awesome! All right, so just as a reminder, we've been talking to Sean. I, I you said I was the beginning yep. of Ayala. Ayala. Did I get yep. it? Ayala. Okay, there we go. And the website once again, playmo2. It was a dot com, Correct. isn't it? Awesome. Definitely go check it out. Find all the links and everything and download the demo and then have some fun with it and show it off to people and say, check it out. This is so cool. It's He-Man. So because it is fun to play with. So it's just really short because like, oh, you're, you're going to crave more, cause especially, you know, like the end, you finally you catch up with Beast Man and he's got all the. Oh, I forgot what the monsters were called, the but he's got some of those. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Shadow Beast. Yes. Because I was like, I mean, I was gearing for the fight when I saw that. And I was like. End of the demo. Where's oh come on? I had to tease <laughs> so, it. I just had to tease it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was a tease, all right. Yeah. Oh, but it's definitely a lot of fun, and I'm definitely excited. And I, I was even saying on our our um, ear and review that I did buy an extra He-Man and an extra Skeletor, so I could take some out of the package because I'm seven years old again when I hold these things in my hand. You know, just like mm-hmm. having them out, 
it's just it's it's, it's something we really need with a, a rough year that yes. we just came out of. So, it was such and, perfect timing, really perfect. I I feel for mm-hmm. those. I mean, yes, you. I think right now you're still able to find a He-Man or a Skeletor on the shelf, but all the other stuff, oh, it's it's challenging. But it's very I hard. Agree. It, if if you find a small town Walmart, you have a better chance of finding the other characters. Mm, there's and that's, the tip of the I, day. Because I've been lucky. That's the tip of the day. I work up in Cameron, and it's about a 45-minute drive for me. But I came out of Cameron, and I go, and I, when I, I, I like to check the Walmart that's right across from the radio station. And uh, I go, and I see what – I've been looking for Wave 2 to maybe start showing up in Walmarts, but I don't think they're ever going to get it. I think Target gets those. But uh, I keep looking, and I find there's – oh, look, there's Tila, and there's Beast Man, and there's Man at Arms. Like, here's all those other characters. People are struggling on the Wave 1. They're here. You just got to go to the right places. You might have to go a little out of your way to find some of these other characters. But I managed to get everybody. I've even got um, – I've only bought two of the Hot Wheels. I've, I got the, the Wind Raider, and I got the, uh, the um, Shark. The land shark. But in all the other... Oh. Land shark, yeah. Uh, I did see at a Target, they did have, you know, they've got Hot Wheels that are supposed to look like Beast Man and He-Man. I, I found like all of those, that. but I don't really want them. Don't like that. If you're into yeah. Hot Wheels, go crazy. Have fun with those. I just wanted Hot Wheels of the vehicles that I remember. Exactly. So I'm hoping for a few more of those. Yeah. I, I hope so. they come out with some more. I mean, I, I know it's all dictated based on mm-hmm. how much we are purchasing as a collector or a enthusiast. So I'm hoping we're making those purchases for them to continue to like create. Yes. So hopefully. Yes, indeedy. Well, I know I've spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm even, I'm still trying to collect uh, uh I'm having to buy online where I've got like a He-Man and a Skeletor that are, they're, they're built like the old figures, but they're colored like the filmation. Oh. And they have a Shira available on I think it's BigBadToyStore.com yep. that I've been finding those. They do have a Shira because I want a filmation looking Shira because I my sister had a Shira when we were kids and that figure looked terrible to mm-hmm. me. And but seeing how they redesigned her in the filmation, she looked a lot better in the cartoon. And so, granted, yes, we got a Wave Three Shira and that's pretty cool. I still want to have a filmation Shira to add to my yeah. Collection. That's the only thing I don't I have is a filmation set. I want the filmation set, the filmation merman. The trap jaw, the skeletal. Like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't click to me until recently when I started this whole project. I'm like, wait a minute, these toys aren't the filmation toys. What, what are like? Right. I want the filmation, the filmation stuff. So hopefully, I'll be able to be an owner yeah. of that soon. <laughs> yeah, and there is a difference between there's some that are recreations, pretty much of the old figures. They're just colored like filmation, and then I have seen some that are the more expensive that are made to look very kind of cartoony. Yeah. That I've seen Pixel Dan manage to get a hold of those, but I yeah, there's no way I was going to manage to afford those. Yeah. So, but anyways, this has been fun because I could end up keeping going, but I got to make sure I wrap this up. I appreciate <laughs> Once the again, opportunity. Once Well, thanks for coming on because this is where we we say I go to Disney and beyond because this has not been Disney whatsoever, but not well, not yet. Disney one of these days is going to buy everything. So. Exactly. <laughs> they will. They will. They will. It's coming. It's coming. I actually saw somebody did a timeline of eventually how Disney owns the entire planet and then colonizes <laughs> Mars. It's pretty funny. So it's coming. Yeah. But, but, but definitely thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Neverland to Disney and Beyond. And of course, I want to remind you to keep a pixie in your pocket. What do I mean by that? Well, that is that young at heart, positive thoughts that you're going to keep in your pocket and share it with other people. Pull out that pixie dust and share it. Make sure, of course, that you check our show notes right there in whatever app you're listening to. There's a way to find the show notes. Now, I don't know what app you're listening to, so I can't tell you the specifics, but go and check it out. Also, visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Make sure that you leave us a nice review on whatever you're listening to, be it Apple or Google or Stitcher or just about anywhere. Leave us a nice review, and we appreciate that. And also, make sure you share the show with others because we like to bring other people into our community. And, of course... Make sure you visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. We appreciate all of your help to keeping the magic alive here in Neverland. And, of course, if you're looking for a bit more fun, go search for us on YouTube, Neverland to Disney and Beyond. Until next week, like I said, keep a pixie in your pocket. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime Checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer.